0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed, and I'm Ken Apsock for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars, my monologue to you, the Star Wars fans, and let's get right to it, today's episode, Going Full Vader. It's been no secret I've been excited for Rogue One, at one point during the build-up to The Force Awakens, probably on Jedi Alliance or maybe privately in conversation, I said, I actually think I'm more excited for Rogue One than The Force Awakens. Hyperbole, you may say. Hyperbole. Well, a little bit, but it's not too far off from the mark. Yes, was I excited for The Force Awakens? Yes. Did I cry along the way to The Force Awakens? Did I cry in The Force Awakens? Yes. But there's something really intriguing to me about Rogue One. Something I'm excited to see play out on the big screen in front of us. And it's this notion that we are now really, on film, expanding the Star Wars universe. Marvel, Disney, they're doing it quite well, re-expanding the universe. There's been some hits, there's been some misses, there's been some average stuff, been some spectacular things. You've heard me rant and rave and... ...and praise on this show and others before. But with Rogue One on film for the first time... ...yes, I know, the Clone Wars movie happened... ...and yes, the first two episodes were cobbled together... ...and released in a theater. But this, really, for the first time on film... in a big screen, on a big stage... ...we are going to see the Star Wars universe... ...expanded. Exploded. And it's going to be fun. And I'm excited. I've been excited... And I'm letting myself click on a little more of the stories than I did with The Force Awakens. There was a point early on with The Force Awakens I was clicking on some of those stories, casting rumors, script leaks. And then I just stopped. And I'm glad I did. I just didn't want to know. Because that to me is the main story. It is the main thread. And I wanted to be completely surprised. And I think it worked. I was, I was not completely 100% surprised. Uh, most of us weren't. But I went into it not knowing a lot. And, I've, and I, had, uh, I think I benefited from that a little bit. I think I benefited from that a little bit. Uh, surprised story spots, though I could pick some of it out and kind of knew where they were going. Uh, I had fun with it. So Rogue One, that's the debate. I guess that's the first thing about today's show. Uh, this This is the official debate. Are you going to go radio silent for Rogue One? Because I'm not sure I am. I don't know much. I don't think anyone knows much. We know cast. We've seen some photos, some set leak photos. Ooh, that's a Stormtrooper from A New Hope on a set. There's an X-Wing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I stand yet. And then this past week, it comes out. We'd heard rumors about, uh hey, there might be some kind of Tarkin Appearance in Rogue One, there might be this, there might be that. And the question was, and the question we've talked about before before, will there be will there even be lightsabers in Rogue One? Because we kind of all assumed you wouldn't bring back Vader, even though it's of the time period. That would just be weird, right? But then Rebels did it. They did it with James Earl Jones. And they've done it very well. It's one of my favorite things about Rebels. I'm critical of Rebels at times. Overall, I love the show. There's some great things they do in there. Uh, the recent episode with Leia was great. The, this one uh, with Mandalore and Sabine going back to Mandalore. Great stuff. Uh, I hope that show just keeps getting better and that critics like me who who weren't on board 100% early on, that, that the pie is in our face. I'd, I'd love that nothing more than a Star Wars fan. But one of the things that I, I love about Rebels, unabashedly love, is is their use of Vader. Bringing him back because he's in that time period. And to bring him back with James Earl Jones doing the voice because we still have that option. God bless him and keep James Earl Jones safe, please. Um, Rebels has done a good job. It is, He's not a main character. He's not the main villain. We got the Inquisitors for that. He shows up when appropriate. The character is Darth Vader. They're not doing anything bizarre with that character or out of step with that character that we as fans have known and loved from the original trilogy and and things we've read. You can do it wrong, or you can do it odd, maybe more than wrong. Some of the missteps in the new expanded Star Wars canon... To me, revolve around some of the weird things happening to characters that just don't fall into what we as fans would expect in Star Wars. Or or maybe we're just not used to it. Maybe we will get used to it. The Vader comic series uh, by Marvel is overall great. I rate it an A. Go out and check it out if you have not had the chance to read it. Get the trade paperbacks if you want to start that way um the first issue one of the best issues of of all the new star wars comics and, and there's been some great ones along the way they just finished the vader down series and that was really good it was the vader we kind of know a love and we got to see vader do some amazing impressive things that then make sense when you go back and watch new hope what why everyone kind of revered him as this Monster who could do magical, wonderful things, or dangerously wonderful things, depending on your point of view. Um, but at the same time, he's kind of in the series. He's kind of this, I don't want to say outsider, but it's clear the Emperor's like, Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in you, kid. I hand-picked you, and you let the Death Star explode. you, you, know, you you're a little wonky. You're off on this personal mission, chasing after what we now know as your son— And that kind of factors into it, too, because in A New Hope, don't forget, for reasons uh, of the time with Lucas, um, Vader wasn't really, he was the main villain, yes, don't get me wrong, of New Hope, but he wasn't in story the main villain. It was still Tarkin. It was still the Death Star. It was still the admirals and captains of the Imperial fleet. And it was definitely Emperor Palpatine, who was the... Phantom Menace, if you will, behind it all. Vader was this henchman. Vader was this guy that people kind of made fun of. Moti made fun of him. Ancient sorcerer ways. Yeah, he gets choked. Almost to the brink of death. But Vader wasn't fully respected. In Empire, the story changed. The focuses changed. And in Jedi, the Emperor's the big baddie. And it's about Vader's redemption. But he's still the bad guy. Definitely was the bad guy of Empire Strikes Back, but what I love about the Vader comic is it keeps that keeps that going. It's leading up to that moment and and, and the moments in New Hope where he is obsessed um, uh, with. Uh, well, excuse me, uh, leading up to the moments in an Empire. Uh, the Vader comic takes place after New Hope. But some of it, uh, it still factors into this notion of into New Hope. He wasn't as respected. And into Empire, Vader was focused on other things. Focused on the search for Skywalker. And uh, it all adds up. And that's what they've done well. Some of the bad things they've done in the Vader comic are... Eh, bad's a strong word. I'm an a-hole for saying that. But... The cyborgs, I keep going back to the cyborgs, Vader's fangirls, not-quite-girlfriend-compatriot, Dr. Afra, the archaeologist. I kind of like the murderous, homicidal, evil droids. They've grown on me, Triple uh, Zero, um, and uh, BT-8, is that the name? Someone remind me. Don't have the comic in front of me. They are the dark versions of C3PO and R2 D2. When they first showed up, I was like, I roll. I get it. They're the dark versions of C three PO and R2 D2. But they work well together. It's amusing. Uh, it's fun. But the cyborg stuff and and, and, and it kind of distracts, and it I just some of the stuff I don't believe in my Star Wars nerd heart that between New Hope and Empire, uh, Vader went on this weird side mission where it ended up with him fighting at a Mon Calamari cyborg. I don't believe that with a Vader that we see in Empire has those memories in his head of fighting a Mon Calamari cyborg. Yes, Ken, you could say to me, yes, Ken, we get it. Uh, However, uh, Lucas couldn't have imagined at the time of the writing that this would, would happen. In 2016 and 15, there'd be new Vader comics telling the story. So there's no way uh, you're going to get Vader and Empire referencing some Mon Calamari cyborg. I get it. It's fair. Some of you out there like weird Star Wars. Some of you want to push the boundaries of weird sci-fi Star Wars. And I get it. I get it from a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. Because uh, in Jabba's Palace or Tatooine or Maz Kanata's Castle, we get to see so many wonderful, weird alien races and characters... And they show up in these uh, common places to drink and have fun and fight and kill and do God knows what. So it makes sense that those characters are out in the galaxy, and there's there's some weirdness in the galaxy, uh, and that we wouldn't just be following the humanoid characters. So I get it; that's a fair uh, criticism of my take on it. But there's just sometimes, I think we're a couple clicks away from Jackson. The rabbit X-Wing pilot. Um, that's okay. So all this factors into Rogue One. And my excitement for Rogue One and the announcement this week that yes, Vader. Vader will rise in Rogue One. He'll be a part of Rogue One. The stories are giving us the impression that Vader will have more to do with Rogue One than you previously would have thought. And quite frankly, I didn't think it would happen at all. And I don't know why the movie's so of the time period of Vader. It is so right before New Hope. The fact that there wouldn't be an appearance by Vader, I can't believe I even thought that for a while. But I did. I did. I, I, I guilty as charged. Didn't even factor that characters like Tarkin and Vader would be in Rogue One. But now it makes sense, and I'm fully embracing it. I want to go full Vader. And that's that's the crux of what I'm saying here. If Vader is going to be in Rogue One, even then I don't need him to be the main villain. I want it to be like Rebels. He's out there. They're aware of him. There's a danger to what these Rebels are doing in Rogue One because they know if they go wrong, they might be in the crosshairs of the Dark Lord of the Sith, that sorcerer with his ancient ways, Darth Vader. That makes sense to me. And since we still are blessed with the presence of James Earl Jones on this planet... Yes, his voice maybe isn't as powerful, but it is still the voice of Vader. Let's do it. Let's get him going. Let's put that character in. Hey, and if you want to tell me Hayden Christensen's going to be in the armor... I'd be fine with that too. I don't think that's the rumor. Find some other tall gentleman. Hayden's not as tall as Prowse was originally, of course. Um... But I'm fine with that. Put Hayden in there again. Give him one more chance. I don't care. I'm not as against Hayden anymore as he used to be. Maybe my dear friend Roxy Stryer and her love of Hayden Christensen is rubbing off on me. I don't know. But I do want Vader, and I want a badass Vader. I want an evil, unrepentant, unforgiving forgiving 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 Vader. I want him to be the true dark lord of the Sith, and I don't need the Emperor in it. And I don't even need full Tarkin. Cast some young guys Tarkin and have them say, Vader, go stop this. And it would make sense because at the beginning of New Hope, it is Vader himself that is aboard a Star Destroyer chasing the blockade runner, chasing the tent of four. He is in charge there. This is his mission. And I keep saying that I want Rogue One to end with the Rebels handing the plans to Leia. And again, some of you did point out to me, I should say, that can't actually happen because according to Star Wars canon, as said in New Hope by, I do believe, Vader himself, the, the, the plans to the stolen battle station were beamed aboard this ship. But I, take me literally, uh, take me figuratively, That's uh, it doesn't matter. That's I'm saying the end of this movie has got to be the start of that. Beam those transmissions aboard Princess Leia's blockade runner. Get Vader boarding the Star Destroyer or saying, We've got to get that ship. I have no problem. It's not cheesy to me if it ends that way. It's nerd-chill-inducing if it ends that way. But along the way, make Vader the bad guy. Because again, it makes sense. This is a mission of personal importance to him. Probably ordered by Tarkin and the Emperor himself... These rebels stole our damn plans. Go after them. Go after them. And maybe that's part of the journey. Maybe Rogue One is a little bit about the pursuit. Maybe it's not just the uh, heist film. Maybe it ends uh, the third act with some Vader action, chasing them down, and they get the plans off. We know how the General Arco story is going to end, of course. If you've read the opening crawl of New Hope, you know it. But, um... The ideas, uh, how we get there, is what's going to be cool. So I hope that they go full Vader, and that it's not weird Vader. That Vader doesn't do anything in that story that seems out of place or out of step with the character that we know, and quite frankly, love because we love the bad guys, don't we, society? I don't want some crazy cyborg uh, five. And yeah, I know Vader himself's technically a cyborg. I get it. But you know what I mean. The cyborgs that are showing up in the Marvel comics are these weird, weird Puma, well, I don't even want to, twins with magical powers. I don't know what's going on. And it. it's not my favorite thing. General Grievous was a cyborg at that point. Uh, resurrected, basically, to be that robot with his, his alien organs. Vader himself a cyborg. Uh, you know, you could argue Luke becomes a cyborg at one point with his hand. I get it. You don't have to argue with me on that one. I just don't want the -the over-the-top weirdness. That's not my Star Wars. It might be yours. We can have two separate Star Wars. We can live in peaceful harmony in this galaxy with two different versions of Star Wars in our head. But I want to go full Vader. I want Vader to be the badass, the Dark Lord of the Sith that we know and love. That's what I want in Rogue One, and it excites me that that's what we might get. Rogue One will definitely not do as great as the box office as Force Awakens. Not many things will. I still know a lot of casual Star Wars fans that don't know about Rogue One. Are not quite sure what Rogue One is. And are like, what is... uh, They're making other Star Wars pictures? What is this? I get that it's my line of work. I get that I'm going to be buried in my pop figures. Which, by the way... I. did not buy any pop figures this week. No additional Star Wars pop finger figures are in my room. I will survive any earthquake this week uh, and won't buy a die buried underneath Funko Pop Star Wars figures. Oh, but can you imagine the new Rogue One ones? Oh, gosh, I got to stop buying toys. I won't stop buying toys, but I got to stop buying toys.
3: If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to Bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This
1: is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving all of in June. them.
2: So Rogue One is a mystery. It won't make as much as the box office, but it's going to do well. It's going to set the tone and the precedent for the rest of the anthology movies to come and if it's something they can really do. So it makes sense to me that in the marketing of this film, you're going to see Vader's back. Vader's the main bad guy or Vader is part of what the group that will consist of the main bad guys. Because it would be very hard. I, it's not going to be hard to just market Star Wars. Hey, it's the new Star Wars film. But I'm telling you, do, get outside the Star Wars nerd bubble. There's a lot of people out there going, I don't understand. They're making them wear no Luke in this one. What's going on? Han died. How can they make another one set uh, back in that time? They. It's just the way it is. We're obsessed fans. So there's casual fans out there. and God bless them because they're the ones spending all uh, the big money. Well, we go uh, buy all the toys and see the movies six times. Uh, we needed all the casual fans to put in their dollar vote as well to make The Force Awakens as big. But I don't think they'll go to Rogue One as much. And I, early on, uh, kind of lost sight of that myself. I thought, well, it's a Star Wars movie. People are going to like it. Then I started running into a lot of people casual fans people these aren't people that are like, oh yeah i've seen the real original trilogy and not the prequel these are fans in the star wars not in the star wars nerd bubble but in the nerd bubble and even then we're like I, I heard they're making more so if you're gonna put vader on that poster i don't think it's a cheat i think it is a common sense move to make the movie appeal to those casual star wars fans it's another star wars there will be some be some lightsabers guess what? The man wielding one of those lightsabers, or perhaps the only lightsaber in the movie, is that guy you love. That guy you bought all the merchandise of. No, not BB-8. Darth Vader. Oh, I'm excited for Rogue One. Are you excited for Rogue One? Let me know. Let me know. Tweet me at KenAppSock, hashtag SpotlightStarWars, and tell me what you want from Rogue One. Looking on uh, Twitter, going to my hashtag, as I said, Spotlight Star Wars. Let's see if we have anything on the week. I'm going blind. You can hear me typing. That is me typing right now to see if we have anything out there uh, on Star Wars. we got some Force Center stuff. Uh, let's see. Spotlight Star Wars. Daniel Logic. He's uh, written in before. Dedicated and valuable listener, as you all are. He asks, Daniel Logic asks, uh, do you think they could kill off R2-D2 or C-3PO in Episode 8 or 9 rather than Luke or Leia? That's a great question, Daniel. The rather than Luke or Leia thing, eh, I don't know if i will go that. I think Luke's going to go at some point. I think we're going to see a Force Ghost Luke at some point. I could see Leia going to the end. She has great value to the galaxy as a leader, and I could see her going to the end. Uh, can you imagine episode nine ends and she's on the figurative throne of the galaxy? Be awesome. I think Leia survives. I think Carrie Fisher proved herself in this movie as a valuable asset in a smaller role and a uh, different kind of Leia. Uh, and, and it worked. Definitely worked for me. Uh, we're going to see what Hamill can do in eight. I'm excited for that. We all are. But I think he goes. It's just part of the story. Whether it's eight or nine, I think Luke goes. But the flip side of that, Regarding R2-D2 or C-3PO, 3 po I think, survives. But I could see R2-D2 going. Look, Lucas himself used to always say, the Star Wars movies are really told from the point of view of C-3PO and R2-D2. So if I'm betting, I'm putting them surviving to the end. But I got to say, I was of the mind that that 3PO, when the trailers came out for Force Awakens and there was the shot of what we now believe was still possibly Luke back in the day, in the middle of these 30 years we didn't see I didn't believe it was Luke or didn't uh, believe it was Luke in the movie, kind of right on that, but it was a flashback Luke. But when Luke's at the campfire or the fire and he's Sitting there with the hood and Ray's, this is Ray's vision, of course, and uh, he puts his hand out, his weirdly robotic hand out on R2D2. I was of the thought that there was a small chance that that might have been a, a comforting moment because C3PO died. Maybe at the end of the movie, 3PO went. So, Daniel, that's why I say it's a good question. I've had thoughts about that. Maybe one of the droids goes. It'd be just as sad. It'd be really sad one of the droid goes. I love 3PO. It was a great moment in Force Awakens when he's introduced. Great moment. And R2-D2, one of the disappointments many people have with Force Awakens is is that R2-D2 was just kind of off on the side on the PS4 rest mode and he comes back for no reason and doesn't really factor in. And I agree. Uh, story-wise, I was fine with it. I have less of a problem of R2 just kind of waking up again because either BB-8 said, hey, I got the map or Luke had some jedi um uh, communication with r2 and was like hey wake up now we got to get going here um I had, I had less problem with that with other people but i understand the people that did but could you imagine if r2 went not saying that's as sad as a solo going but it, it might be up there good question daniel safe bet no but fun bet yes Ricardo Rodriguez at the Richie Boy ninety four says, uh, "Jedi Master Ken, that's me. I, I'm more of a Sith apprentice, maybe. I don't know. No, uh, Jedi Master Ken, do you think we'll ever see Commander Cody on Rebels hunting down our rebels and Captain Rex?" Hmm. I. That's a, that's a good question. You guys got you guys got such great questions. Ricardo, that's a great question. Uh, in case you're not watching or you don't want to be spoiled, maybe turn off now. Um. On Rebels, Captain Rex came back from the Clone Wars, and he's in Rebels, and uh, though I didn't enjoy the, uh, his return episode as much as others did, it got sidetracked by uh, weird sand fishing and all these kind of stuff, uh, Rex is kind of a regular uh, s- supporting character in Rebels, and I, and I really like it, and it's one of the things Rebels has done really well, and it made sense to bring him back in that manner. And uh, it be interesting, Commander Cody, who served mostly alongside Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if uh, he would come back at any time. And what Ricardo was suggesting is that maybe he doesn't come back good like Captain Rex. He comes back bad, and we get a Cody versus Rex battle. The Cody we know in the Clone Wars and even some of the expanded universe books, the new ones, even Dark Disciple—I think he's mentioned in that. I don't know what we know of Commander Cody. is I always took him as a good dude, and it probably uh, the fact that he sh- tried to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi—if you ever realized it—I think he'd take it deep. So I think, I think if the clones, some of these older clones, were to overcome their programming, I, I think someone like Cody would uh would go with the rebels but in some fashion it'd be interesting to see commander cody versus captain rex on rebels in some fashion so ricardo that's a good theory good question tristan shields answered a question from last week we were talking about c-3po and his red arm and i believe there's a one-shot comic that was supposed to come out i thought before the force awakens um, then I recall I haven't really seen it at my shop And Tristan Shield says Ah, hey again, Spotlight Star Wars The C-3PO comic ain't out till February Thank you Tristan uh, We'll gladly pick it up And we'll all together find out What happened to C-3PO's arm Here's a question that's also for Force Center Our main show on this feed You can hashtag Force Center for that But this is also uh, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars So I'm going to take it now because we're not recording Force Center for a couple weeks. Uh, Aiden at Installation04, that's underscore Installation04, asks, do you think we'll actually see Ray's mother in this trilogy? Fair question. I think if you're following my pitch from Movie Fights back in December, when I pitched episode 8, you see, you hear about Ray's mom in 8, but you see her in 8, uh, excuse me, 9 see her in nine um that's just my little prediction it's definitely not based on anything definitely not um with any prior knowledge of any script leaks or anything i think her parentage parentage and this question also is kind of assuming that uh luke is ray's father um, the way it was—that uh, question's phrased there by Aiden. Um, I think, yeah, I think we'll see Ray's mother at some point, and if Luke happens to not be her father, her father, or the memory of her father, or uh, the legacy of her father, will definitely factor into the story. I'm hearing that we probably won't solve this question at eight, Now I like that. I like that. Let's uh, let's uh, let's take some time with the story. Let's move it on out. I'm okay with that. So those are the questions for this week, as always. If you got a question, you can hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Follow me on Twitter at CatNapSuck, Follow this podcast feed at Force Center Pod. That's all. A little quick one for today. Well, it's about a half hour. That's fine enough. Uh, I want to thank you all who uh, listened to our first episode of Joseph Scrimshaw's Data Bank Brawl. Which uh, we released this past week And uh, we fought out Dengar versus Lobot Uh, It is a great, fun show that Joseph has created Happy to have it here on the Force Center Podcast feed And you guys made that debut episode Our most successful debut episode yet The numbers came in and our one-day total, the highest download total we had on this network so far, even over uh, the first uh, episode, official episode, which was a reaction uh, uh, show uh, with Christian Harloff. Um, this one, uh, Databank Brawl, you guys were really ready for it, and you had a lot of fun with it. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, and you're you're still new to the Force Center podcast feed, go to iTunes, subscribe, rate and review, go to Podomatic. They have an app now. You can listen on there and uh, trying to get it elsewhere. And uh, there's more coming from the Force Center podcast feed in 2016. But for right now, please do me a favor. Go check out that show. And Jennifer Landa herself, I saw her this week on TV Fights over on Screen Junkies Plus, And uh, she's already working on Jedi Beat Number 3, our uh, NPR-style Star Wars show brought to you by the wonderful... And talented and smart and beautiful Jennifer Landa, friend of the Ewoks. She is. So uh, that is Force Center. uh, That is not Force Center. That is Spotlight Star Wars for the week. I'm going to go carry on with my Saturday, and I'm sure at some point I'll sit down and play some Battlefront. And I hope you do, too. So until next week, I'm Ken Napsok. May the Force thing kind of, sort of, always remain around you.